Welcome to A Walk In My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, Makini Smith. And on today's episode, we have a truth seeker with endless curiosity. She's an Emmy-nominated news anchor for CBS 47 and Fox 30. She's also a wife and a mom to a handsome young king. Please welcome Letitia Barriola. Oh, thank you so much. What an intro. <laughs> Shout out to Miles, the young king. He's already making his debut. He's not even three. <laughs> Trust me. He's the king in the making. I see it. I see it. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. So uh, I love to start um, the show because, you know, we all have these these titles and these, um, you know, names that we go by. So I always ask the name that we hear the most is our given name at birth. Do you know what your name means? Yes, my uh, first name means joy. Nice. And uh, my middle name, which I can't believe I'm going to tell all these people, but I'm just going <laughs> to say it. My middle name is Vernice. So V-E-R-N-I-C-E. I mean, just imagine like a 90-year-old woman on her porch. <laughs> that's Bernice. And that's also me. <laughs> so, that's um, awesome. So Bernice means victory bringer or vic- victory or something about bringing victory. So my first and last, um, I mean, my first and middle is joy and victory bringer. So I've spend some time thinking about that. I I actually do believe that your your name means something. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. it, it may not fit quite right, but in this case, um, I try to look at it as, you know, I am here to bring joy mm-hmm. and maybe even bring victory to people in some capacity. That is beautiful. And that, that it's it's beautiful that you understand the meaning of it and you understand that it holds value to your life. I, you know, there's sometimes you ask people, what does their name mean? And either they don't know what it means or it doesn't seem to add any significance to their life. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up with my parents telling me that McKinney meant beautiful one. And I you know, ran with that my entire life. And as I became an adult and I started to do more research, it's actually Swahili for strength of character. Wow. And that that's something I've been known for my entire life is my strength and character. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> there was some meaning that's behind amazing. that. Yeah. yeah and even um, when we were thinking about what we were going to name Miles, um, we knew it needed to have meaning. It mm-hmm. needed to feel like, you know, we could sit down and have a conversation with him or reflect on the the meaning of his name. We We knew that. And so um, Miles actually means merciful soldier, merciful soldier. And so, of course, there's Miles Davis, you know, Black History and an amazing musician. And um, so there's that. But that name, we loved the, you know, the strength of it. And we loved the grace of it and the mercy behind mm. that name too so we're we're really into that <laughs> good good I love it I love it awesome I think about my my middle child who you know she makes jokes about her name Shakira because of the singer Shakira but yeah. between her first and her middle name it actually means thankful God is my judge so I remind her of that all the time like you know when other people oh, have stuff to say about her it's like that it not no don't let them judge you it's God is your yeah. judge just be thankful God that's is your great. judge yeah 
That's great. I love that. Thank you. So I want to get right into it because I want to know all of the tea. <laughs> sure, let's do it. <laughs> so um, my question to you is, did you always want to be a news anchor? Um, for a long time, I would say up until maybe 12 years old or so, I didn't know. I wasn't really thinking about like what I wanted to be when I grew up. I was just living my little childhood life with not a whole lot of aspirations to be, you know, anything. And not that I can think of. I probably need to ask around a little bit more about what I said I wanted to do at a young age. But for me, the realization of what I wanted to be came when I was maybe in seventh or eighth grade. And I saw Lala on MTV, on TRL. Remember when she used to be on TRL? Mm-hmm. On MTV. And um, she was just so, she was a VJ. Like, I've never heard of a VJ before. And she was cute and fun and articulate and interviewed the coolest people on earth, I thought. And so I remember making, like, a vision board. I guess that's what we call it now. But back then, yeah. it was just me decorating my wall. And I cut her out <laughs> of a magazine. And I glued her on a piece of paper. And I put, like, squiggly lines around her. And I was like, VJ, Lala, MTV. And so that – it wasn't news, but I, I loved the form, the media um, format, television, being able to talk to all these people at one time while you're talking to another person, interviewing them about whatever they're doing. And being fun and cool all at the same time. And so that's where it first hit me when I was a kid, for sure. Wow. I mean, if you look at from you were young, you know, how you were able to manifest from such a young age, you know, like you said, we call it now vision board, but people don't understand the importance of that, of actually having the visual picture of what you want things to be like in the future and writing things down and, and really fixating on that for that to happen in in real life that's yeah and you know what this is a really good reminder for me of I never really thought of it that way I never Mm -hmm. really thought of it that way (laughs) I I did manifest that in a way um for me I kind of looked at it like it was a seed that was already in me um you know purpose that was already in me and then it just awakened sort of in its own way but a vision board I guess sort of helps gives you a picture of what it could look like and, and maybe how to go about it. But it's something I need to do like now, like when we get off the phone, I'm going to start doing that. I think again, you yeah, know, it's you should while since I had that um, hanging up somewhere, you know, in college, you kind of, I feel grown at this point. It's like, I know our grown friends are doing it and, and <laughs> thing you do in your thirties still. But for me, it was a thing I did when I was young and I kind of stopped doing it. I think I need mm-hmm. to bring it back. You definitely need to bring it back. I have a vision board on my wall in my room. Uh, I'd say maybe every five years I redo my vision board. Um, And I'm very intentional about, you know, what I'm trying to manifest. I mean, I I manifested my current partner with my vision board, like everything that's on there. So (laughs) these things work. They work. (laughs) That is so cool. I'm inspired. Doing it. (laughs) I'm I'm gonna hold you accountable to that. I'm gonna hold you accountable to that. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) So okay, so before becoming a news anchor, like do you remember what was there anything else you wanted to be? Did you Yes. Well, okay, so I kind of feel like I've had two separate professional lot like different segments of my life that were equally important because for seven years 
So I've been doing news for almost 10 years, about nine, eight or nine years, give or take some. And um, before this, though, I was a, a makeup artist at MAC Cosmetics for oh, seven nice. full years, like from maybe 19 all the way up until my 20s, you know, like, I don't know. Let me think. It was my mid-20s. I was there for seven years. So <laughs> this supported me through college. I worked through all of college. And um, at one point in between my community college, Tallahassee Community College, TCC, and mm-hmm. Florida A&M, SAMU, I took a break because I was really enjoying myself and going on a management route with Mac. Um, the creativity, the um, camaraderie, the amazing artistry that was happening at that time. Um, the sales part was cool too, but it was just a really cool thing for someone like me at that age. And I saw where you could go. Mac was really good about placing people in New York or LA and you can do runways, you know, fashion shows and freelance. And like, the, I just loved it. But at the same time, I loved media too. Like I, I was like, you know what? I can go be a makeup artist in New York and I can, you know, do a production company on the side, like start doing my own documentaries and that sort of thing. And so I had a, my best friend in college. Um, we both shared the vision of, of having some kind of uh, media production company situation while we were in college. And so we did some projects in school and I um, eventually was like, you know what, I'm just going to be a makeup artist for like two years, two and a half years, maybe I was just a makeup artist. I stopped going to school. Like this is a big thing. I can't mm-hmm. believe when I'm saying it, I can't believe I did that. Um, but I was making great money and I had all these great opportunities and I was having a good time. And um, so the I was going an entirely different direction until I was, I remember exactly where I was standing at the Mac counter in Tallahassee, Governor Square Mall. And I almost heard a voice. It was like an audible voice, but it was internal. Mm-hmm. And it said, you need to go back to school. Mm. like and like I said okay I knew immediately what I needed to do I knew that I needed to step down from my management position and try to enroll like this was a in July maybe toward like almost towards the start of school um the school semester fall semester and I said okay so I like resigned I stepped down for a part-time position I hustled my way into FAMU and like within three or four weeks I was sitting in a classroom ready to finish my degree in broadcast journalism. Wow. And my life, just like that, literally I heard it three weeks later, I was in class, I worked 15 hours a week and I was at FAMU, you know, at that point I was maybe 24. I was a little older than the rest of the class. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's where things kind of took a turn. Okay. So, uh, you know, you said you were at Mac for seven years and you've yeah. been in broadcasting for 10. So a lot of people sometimes, you know, they, they look at when they change a career, they discount the skills and um, things that they learned in that previous career before they pivoted to the new one. Do you think, like, was there anything in your career, Mac, do you think that attributed to your career now? Is there anything in there um, that helped build to where you are now? Yes. And for me, that is the connection I made with people every day, all day. I mean, thousands of people at this makeup counter, most mm-hmm. obviously women. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it did, so journalism and what I do now has everything to do with connecting with people. 
not only getting them to tell their stories to me and trust me with their stories, but also telling people a story about their, where they live, their neighborhoods. Um, and so when you're, when you're at a Mac counter, it's so funny that I'm even looking at it this way, but I'm sure makeup artists, everyone will, will agree with me when you're there and you're like two inches away from someone's face mm-hmm. and you're putting lipstick on their mouth and you're, you know, painting blush on their cheeks and it's their wedding day or <laughs> um, it's their first date or they had a bad breakup, but they want to feel better. Like that's an intimate connection that happens. And if yeah. you're, not interested in helping that person tell their story, their beauty story, if you will, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be a great artist. Yeah. And so with journalism, I was able to take those skills with me. And I didn't know it at the time, but a couple years into my hustling as a reporter, you know, as I'm kind of doing the dance, trying to get people to talk to me and learning how to get their guard down, like getting someone's guard down will get you so far, whether you're mm-hmm. in sales, whether you're in whatever it is. In sales, you got to learn how to do that. You got to you got to be a human trying to help someone get what they want, not sell them something, right? So yes. in reporting, I was able to do that. I was able to go into a neighborhood I've never stepped foot in, knock on someone's door who just lost a child, maybe, and say, I am here to help you tell your story. We're right. doing a story today on your son and the news station, they're going to do the story without, with or without you. But I'm here because I want you to tell the story. And right. a lot of that came from being kind of having intimate conversations with women for seven years. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like your training. Yeah. And the hustle too. Um, back in that day, this is before, you know, YouTube blew up and before like <laughs> everyone's a makeup artist, you yeah. know, it was before the hashtags. And I don't think it's no Instagram wasn't even around then. So Mac was at its prime at that time. And people really looked to, uh, the brand as the expert. So, um, we were busy and I mean, like lines out of the, you know, store when it's homecoming, you're doing lashes on everyone. So I learned how to talk into the phone, be at the cash register, help three people all the same time and, and, and not lose my, you know, not lose my ish, just right. be able to be in control and uh, kind to people and multitask, multitask with everything. And believe it or not, that really did help me with reporting. I could handle the pressure of people wanting different things from me all at the same time. I think that it's beautiful that you recognize the skills that you learned um, from, you know, your time working in the makeup industry. I know that people um, don't, as much as they should, understand the value of makeup artists. They're like therapists. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. But you you talked about uh, the energy of getting people to be able to to tell their stories. So, I mean, we, I'm not certain, but I think we're maybe around the same age. And I actually, I went to college for aesthetics and spa management and I used to work in a spa. So I know how intimate it is where you're literally touching people and you're in their face, you know, Uh you're um, helping them and making them feel better about themselves. But having that conversation, energy is transferable. If you are, you know, interacting with people at such a close level and you, your vibe is off, you know, they will feel that. So if you're genuinely asking 
them questions about themselves and getting them to tell their story, but your energy isn't there and you really don't care. Like when you're that close to somebody, you feel that. So, you know, understanding that connection at that point and now understanding in, in journalism, being able to connect with people for them to open up and tell their story. Like there is no part of the journey that, that should be taken for granted because all of, all of the skills apply. Yes. You're so right. And I'm so glad that I'm able to connect those dots now. Um, <laughs> it just helps to, and I've always, I mean, cause if you look at it on paper, you're just like, what? You were a makeup artist. Now you're an, a new, a morning news anchor. What do those have to do with each other? But I am mm-hmm. a firm believer. And um, sometimes you just can't put your, your journey in a box. Right. I mean, you're talking to a girl that was not going to finish college at one point. Like mm-hmm. that's me. Mm-hmm. And now I am, you know, I've worked my way up to being a morning anchor and a uh, fairly large Florida city. It's, it's not a big market, but it's, it's a mid-sized market. And um, I look back on my life experience and think, oh, okay. So maybe God had needed me to pick up experience in different ways and not mm-hmm. just complete four years and four years and at 22 be out in the world. Like, no, there were other things that I needed to pick up along the way to get to where I am right now. That's right. That's right. So can you tell us a little bit more about your journey of becoming a morning news anchor? Sure. So I um, went to Florida A&M University for broadcast journalism. Side note, it's probably one of the best programs. It is one of the best programs <laughs> to, to learn how to do this crazy business. So graduated and um, I interned actually after college because I could, I didn't have time to intern during college um, because I worked, you know, I supported myself. So mm-hmm. I could not do it. And um, I hustled my way into an internship after school that turned into my first job in Tallahassee, Florida as an MMJ. So I was shooting, editing, writing, pitching myself. I did, I was everything in one. <laughs> the Jane so of all trades. <laughs> Oh, it was so brutal. And, and honestly, I got paid. I mean, I think I got paid maybe like $9 an hour. It was so no money. I cannot even explain. <laughs> I had to keep my job at max. Like I couldn't quit. I would go to my little reporter job in Tallahassee, be on TV. After I'm on TV, I would get into my car, throw in some all black, throw in some more makeup, some red lips, hustle to the mall <laughs> and do like prom makeup. And people would be like, didn't we see you on the news? I'm like, oh God, don't, I can't even, I don't even know what to say. Like, what do you say? Um, so Part that of was your story. Yeah, that was the very beginning. And then that didn't last very long. I'm talking maybe a couple, three, four months in that position before I finally got my real contract, a real job at, in Mobile, Alabama. Um, so I moved to Mobile, Alabama with my boyfriend at the time, um, which is now my husband. Mm-hmm. And um, we packed up and we moved to this tiny little place of Mobile, Alabama, and I became a reporter there. Um, and I did the same thing. I would shoot my own stuff, write my stuff um, for three years, and I started anchoring there, hustling the anchoring desk and also reporting. That was for three years. And then I um, went to, I got this job in Jacksonville as a reporter. The bottom of the totem pole, I was hired as a morning uh, weekend uh, reporter Mm -hmm. about four years ago. And I went from 
the very, I mean, it doesn't, there's no other, like that's the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to on-air <laughs> stuff. I went from that to a weekend anchor reporter. Um, and I filled in for three years for our main primetime anchor while she was on her vacations and things. I was all over the map. I did whatever they asked me to do. Right. And then after three years of doing that, they said, okay, you want to be the full-time anchor for the mornings? And I said, yes. And so it's been a year of that here in Jacksonville. Wow. See, like listening to all of that, this is why I love having women come on and share their stories because you have had to hustle. You've had to put in work, you know, in in this day and age, everyone wants that, you know, that microwave success where, you know, they want it in a hot second and they don't realize you have to put in work. You have to earn earn your way up the totem pole. Like, wow. Yeah. And I actually... I have to admit, at some point during that journey, I also wanted to just get there, you know, like at the time when I was hustling and doing all of this, yeah, I'd be like, oh my, you know, when can I finally make a decent salary or when will I finally get a promotion? You know, when you're in the thick of it, I can understand the feeling of just wanting to get there. I didn't always understand that I needed to pay my dues, but, um, it, Looking back on it, I can say, yeah, I worked really hard to get where I am right now. And there is nothing more valuable to me than my experience, Mm. really and truly. Because Mm -hmm. with TV, and I bet you this is for any industry, for me, like my mistakes and my successes, like when it's all out there, I'm on live television. So if I'm screwing up, you're going to see it. If I'm driving, (laughs) you're going to see it. If I'm not sure what I'm talking about, you'll see it. If I'm confident <laughs> what I'm talking about, you're going to see it. And I feel like the experience of just being under the lights and doing it over and over and over and over and over and over again all these years um, is such a, it's so valuable to me now. I wouldn't want to be where I am now seven, eight years ago. I would lose the opportunity. I would right. not be very good, you right. know? Right. I I definitely feel like, you know, <laughs> having experience, it's it's a big deal because, okay, let, let's say, for example, there are people out here, you know, wishing to win a million dollars, but they have not learned how to manage a thousand dollars. So yeah. it's, it's the experience of earning your way up and understanding how to deal with things that when you get there, you're able to stay there. Yes. I think that's yes, awesome. And I hope that that is for all the people who are right in the middle of it and are ready for the next level. They think they're in the right thing. They're doing the right thing. And they're just grinding day in and day out, day in and day out. They see other people like, gosh, you know, that looks a little easier than this. That looks like more money than this. Um, how do I get there? Hopefully this is for those people. Um, even I, at that time, I felt the same way. And the only way I got to where I am now is I kept doing it. Right. I kept doing exactly what I was doing until that opportunity, until I found the right opportunity to move up and the time was right. So what's, what's one major obstacle that you've had to face in your career? Major obstacle. So I feel like in, I'm trying to, because journalism and reporting is such a niche kind of industry. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think this can apply to most industries. I think I, when I finally realized that the nature of this business by nature is stressful, 
and by nature it is hard and it's not supposed to be easy mm-hmm. like it was built to be sort of difficult to get answers from people and to get people to open up and hold the powerful accountable you know those things are it's not public relations right public mm-hmm. relations is fairly easy not easy but it's you're putting out a good message for the most part about your company right journalism is sort of the opposite like we're there to get the other side of the story right <laughs> um in a lot of cases. And so when you're a reporter, when I'm out there grinding and, and things weren't going smoothly, I was getting a lot of no's on my stories. Things were falling through. Um, things were taking longer than it felt that they should to get the right interview or write this story. And that would really, I would internalize that. I would think mm. there's something wrong with me. Like, why isn't this should be way easier. And I would be hard on myself, really hard on myself. Um, but I had an epiphany actually here in Jacksonville, which was, oh my gosh, this, like this, this is how it just is. Like, it's nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. It's the industry that I, that I'm in. It's right. naturally hard and difficult knows it's all of that. So I begin to look at it more like I'm a problem solver. Like mm. if I start the day knowing that I'm going to have multiple problems and so go ahead and expect them, they're going to show up. So it's, of my job is how can I solve this problem? Right. And the most creative, fast, because I'm on a crazy deadline, (laughs) creative, fast, you know, efficient way. Once I started looking at it like that, like I'm just a big old problem solver all day long, I'll solve problems. I started to not internalize it, except that every day is going to be full of big and little problems. I started to get really sort of witty and, and fast and quick on my feet and tackle things faster and it made me better mm. looking at it that way awesome okay so what has been one of the greatest rewards in your journey oh uh, there's a lot <laughs> um, the greatest reward you know there's nothing like someone a stranger at anywhere I go who says Letitia Barriola and I say yes hey <laughs> and they say Oh my gosh, we watch you every morning. <laughs> and we take a picture and they say hi. That feeling is very rewarding to me. And not in a way like, yeah, like they recognize me. It's more like, oh my gosh, you know my name? Like I'm still <laughs> like that. You know me? My first and last name? When people started saying Letitia Bariola, I would tell my husband, hey, people are like, they'll be like Letitia Bariola. Like I would tell them they're saying my first and last. They're not being like, Latisha, like they know my they know name. your name <laughs> that is awesome to me that means they hear me they're listening to me they think what I have to say is important um <laughs> so I hope I hope it comes across the, the right way it's not in a like they know me I'm popular it's wow I know I, I, I hear totally, me totally <laughs> I totally get where you're coming from I totally get it because I mean, I, I grew up as a little shy girl to a single mother in government housing and never thought in my life that this many people in the world would know my name. And I'm not, you know, a, a, a big household name. So I get I get exactly what you're saying. But I mean, that's amazing. You 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 were nominated for an Emmy. So people must know your name. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I'll never get used to that. So, like, okay, so what, is, what does that feel like to say, well, I was nominated for an Emmy? So, uh, 
I haven't won an Emmy, you know, I was nominated. So, um, but I still, for me, um, it was it's still really a big deal. That I was on. Huh? It's still a big deal. Ah, thank you. <laughs> um, I won an Emmy one day though, for sure. But this, um, in particular, this story was for Hurricane Matthew, which was two years ago, which is ironic because now we're dealing with Hurricane Michael. It's not coming to Jacksonville, but it's coming, you know, nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got that for my part in Hurricane Matthew. And I was in the thick of the storm, like out in the storm, running around downtown Jacksonville. There was flooding. There was trees down. There was at least twice I thought we were going to be in serious, serious, serious trouble um, because there was a power. I mean, I mean, it was just a risky, um, sometimes terrifying, adventurous 24 hours of being in a hurricane. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, that's like... Um, that's what we're really here for. That's what journalists are here for. When things start looking really, really crazy, you're going to go to your TV and you're going to go to your most trusted source. And mm. the fact that I'm on the other side of that during the most crucial time, you know, sometimes news is mundane. Sometimes there's not a whole lot going on. And, <laughs> you know, we kind of act like there is, but there's not. I'm like, it's going to be real. But you can count on us when things are looking crazy. I leave my family. I'm out in the middle of it. And there's some, there's an honor in doing that. So the fact that I have, I have a, a nod for that work means a lot to me. That's a big deal. So let's, let's talk about that. Like how has being a mother changed your career or has it? Because, you know, you say you were out in those, you know, crazy circumstances in a hurricane and you're, you know, putting yourself in these positions. But now that you have a son who's three, you said? Almost like, three in a month. Yeah. Almost three. Like how, how has that changed your career or has it at all? Um, well, I can say for, you know, the nine months that I was pregnant, I was very much a very ambitious reporter in hot, <laughs> hot, humid Florida. So I'll never forget being this pregnant woman, you know, big belly out there in my flat in the sweltering, like hot, Florida heat doing trying to make sure I did not fall behind or no one saw it as a disadvantage especially being pregnant and then having the baby like put it this way I was at work on a Friday I had miles on a Saturday on a Friday at like five o'clock I was on a boat with a life vest on in the river doing a story about a recent drowning and we were talking about boat safety so I'm like out in these streets. I'm out in the water, nine months pregnant. And I remember coming home and being like, dang, my feet are swollen. Like, this is kind of, uh, should I have, like, what's going on? And the next day I had, my, I had the baby the next day. Oh my so goodness. It was, it's a, and I say, I tell that story because it's empowering to know, first of all, that I got through pregnancy all the way until the day before hustling my tail off. Um, to do the work that I'm called to do. And then having miles, my priorities shifted, shifted a little bit. I didn't take myself so seriously at work. Things weren't so serious anymore at work. Mm-hmm. The mistakes or when I wasn't my, uh, my hundred percent best before that would have been analyzed and thought about and let down. Now it's just like, Oh, well, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Tomorrow's another bigger. day. <laughs> yeah. It's just like tomorrow I'll be better. Like I have a family. I, you know, at the time was breastfeeding and I didn't get any sleep. And it's like, you guys are going to be okay. Like I'm giving mm-hmm. you my best 
And so there's something in kind of letting go and not, and knowing that you have a family at home, you're going to give your best to work, but guess what? Work is not everything anymore. Right. Which leads to my next question. Like, have you found balance in being a wife, a mom and a news anchor? Balance? What is that? That's why I asked. I don't know this exactly way. why I asked. Oh my gosh. Because it you is. seem like such a, a, a you know a a force to be reckoned with. And I know that, you know, just by what I see online and what I've heard, you know, you're a wonderful mom. So People who are, especially, you know, women, they get, they get this mom guilt when they're pursuing a oh career or they're career driven. So for you, like, do you have any type of formula that you use to help you to, to balance life? Okay. So to put it in perspective, I have mom guilt this very second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have mom guilt right now. I had mom guilt when I left for work today. Miles mm-hmm. is not feeling 100%. Um, and he, he, he had to go to school today. Mommy had to go to work. Daddy has to go to work. Um, so mom guilt is a thing. I feel like I'm just going to have to make friends with in, in a sense, because I want to give miles perfection, the world, every, he deserves everything to be perfect in his life. Mm-hmm. And mommy will do everything she can to make sure he has the most perfect childhood ever and so because of that innate desire for him to be overwhelmingly taken care of that is going to be in conflict with real life Mm -hmm. you know so um what I think gets me through is that when I see how happy he is and how well adjusted he is and that makes me that he's he is happy and he's okay and that what we're doing is enough mm-hmm. and so little reminders I guess throughout the day like our daycare has a little camera and I look in the camera and I see him running around <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm thinking I'm thinking it's hour five and he's at daycare and I'm like what kind of email like I'm sure he misses us and he needs to be home and I miss him and I go in the camera and dude's like doing a headstand you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> so it's like oh he's fine so reminders or FaceTime when mommy's not here in the morning, mommy's on the news. So I'll FaceTime. I'm like, okay, he's probably, you know, he's not feeling well. He's missing me today. And I'm sure he looked for me when he woke up. I FaceTime and he's dancing with daddy. Like music is blaring, barely <laughs> looking at the phone. So I would encourage people, you know, for, uh, you know, make friends with the, the unbalanced, that kind of, is the nature of being a working mom. They're going to be in conflict with each other. So give yourself reminders that your child is, that you're doing great. You're doing great. You are doing the best. Your son, your daughter is getting the best of you, whether you know it or not. Right. And whenever you can remind yourself that they're happy, that they're doing fine. I think that frees you a little bit. Um, And just little things like, you know, literally every day I'm looking for ways to be more balanced, like Mm -hmm. whether it's getting a new book, whether it's um, finding a new podcast, whether it's adding cinnamon to my coffee, whether it's whatever it is, I'm always trying to find a way to make sure I am okay and I'm at peace and that that I go against this day, you know, the best that I can. So uh, you mentioned, you know, um, FaceTiming 
um, and your husband and your son dancing in the morning. You have, yeah. um, and I, I have to say this, you have an amazing husband. Uh, yeah. I, had the, <laughs> I had the pleasure of collaborating with him on his tour to Toronto. And I think he is amazing. I think you are both blessed. And you guys just celebrated mm-hmm. a five-year anniversary? <gasps> yeah, we did. Congrats. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so, Thank you so much. My my question about him is, you know, he's, he seems like such an amazing, supportive husband and father. And I know that there are a lot of women that are, you know, part of my network or that follow what I'm doing, but they're single women. So yeah. what are some, what are some characteristics that they, you know, or qualities that they could look out for mm-hmm. um, in a, in a partner for someone who mm-hmm. is career, career driven? Yeah. So I met my husband in college and we were young and free in early twenties. So imagine that time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would want to tell young ladies, you know, at the time either we both weren't really looking for a um, husband or wife at the time, right? Like it's mm-hmm. literally the middle of the best times of our lives. And we were attracted to each other. I like the, our story. I will have to say for another podcast, but <laughs> we were literally brought together. We were attracted, not just physically, but like we were, we were constantly brought together. And um, we finally, or I finally recognized that this is a guy <laughs> that, <laughs> this is a guy he'll tell you, I mean, he's very, um, he's very, persuasive and he was consistent and he never really gave up pursuing me and I was very you know he was very popular and very charismatic and he's he's all the things that most of us are like you know like uh he's not he's not for real like he just mm-hmm. wants to date and whatever but I eventually gave it a shot I gave him a shot and um we ended up I ended up falling in love with him. Like, <laughs> and you say that um, with such passion. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because you can even, I, it's so great to have witnesses that they remember going to the club with me, our little Tallahassee club. He would be there popular, popping bottles, hanging out. And we would just be, and he'd be like talking to me. And I'd be like, oh, there's no way. No, look at him. You know, he's got a girl in the front, <laughs> on the back. Like, I'm not talking to this guy. Who do you think I am? So I have witnesses to be being that way. So when I say I fell in love with him, it's because I laugh all the time. Like, I can't believe, like, you ended up being the one for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would tell young ladies to live their life mm. and enjoy it and have your fun and travel and, at the, and, you know, be with your girl, stay local, whatever it is. But for me, the key was being open to the people who are right in front of you. Right. Um, that's all it was. It wasn't like he was Mr. Mr. Super Gentleman right off the bat and picked me up and met my mom with flowers. Like, it wasn't that. It was just that I paid it. I finally opened up to what was in front of me and allowed him, allowed me to really listen to him and spend time with him. And that ended up being our love story. Mm-hmm. So don't be discouraged if, if you don't feel like that guy's around. Um, continue to live your life and have your fun. And I just believe that he, I mean, he has to eventually show up, right? Like you're going to be in a situation where that guy is going to be at the coffee shop or at the club or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just be open to him. Why not? Is there any like characteristics 
in in him that that help nurture i guess nurture you being such a career driven woman because you know there are some men that if they are not strong enough within themselves then you know their ego can get in the way but it it from mm-hmm. the outside it looks like he's extremely supportive of your career so is there any characteristics that women you know should look out for ah uh, so you're right first but yes Han is a um he's a, he's my biggest number one fan and supporter and cheerleader he thinks i am the best thing ever <laughs> like that's the thing like, he, he, he spoke he, so he highly of happy. you <laughs> yeah when i was like a baby journalist trying to be somebody he would see me on the news and he's like oh my gosh this is so good i'm like dude no i don't know what i'm doing so he has always thought that i was just like the most amazing you know journalist and and um that really helped me so i would think the characteristics what is it about him that allows him to support me like he does i honestly think it's just love it's mm-hmm. love he I genuinely really loves you like you yeah, I don't... he spoke of you like when he was in toronto there was not a, a minute that i was in his presence where he did not give praise oh. to you he loves you dearly yeah. <laughs> it was I so was beautiful saying, like i can't think it's like oh it's his this is that it's all it is is that he loves me and when you love somebody you think you want the best for them so whether yes. your guy is you know, a car salesman, or if he's going back to college to get his master's or whatever. I don't know. I feel like if they really love you, and and they may struggle with with that, you know, I I don't really know how to speak to it, because I've never experienced that. He's never, even when before the book, he was writing the books, and I was doing better than he was back Mm -hmm. in the day. um, He was still very supportive. And I just think the foundation of it is just love. I think that's absolutely beautiful. That is so beautiful. So before I move on to the next segment, tell people quickly where they can find you. Sure. I'm on Instagram under Letitia TV. Really easy to find. First name is L-E-T-I-S-H-A TV. Um, Facebook, you can like my um, professional page. It's Letitia Barriola, Action News Jax. And then what else we got? Twitter, I am <laughs> Letitia A.N. Jack, Action News Jack. But mostly Instagram is the best place to hit me up on a story or in a comment and say hello. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so it's no secret that I'm obsessed with stilettos, like hence the name of my brand and constantly, you know, wearing them. Um, but they say that yeah. your favorite type of shoe says a lot about your personality. So oh, my, my question to you is, what is your favorite type of shoe? Is it a running shoe? Oh is it a God. flip-flop, a stiletto? Like, what's your favorite type? Oh, man. You're going to be like, why did I have her on this show? My <laughs> shoes have nope, no judgment. She... No judgment. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so I was just thinking the other day, I go through shoes like it's nobody's business. Like, these beautiful, what are these? I'm about to go look. I don't even know. These beautiful, <laughs> 150 to, I know that's not a lot, but like beautiful pumps. I think they're, um, I don't even know. They're really nice. See, this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't even know what brand they are. 
beautiful black pumps. Um, they're already starting to feel funny and look kind of raggedy. So first let me say, <laughs> my husband's going to die when he hears this because he tells me all that, like his shoe collection, you need to ask him this question. He's got Gucci, <laughs> you know, he just got some Jordans that I'm like, what the heck, you know, like he's got it. Me, I'm very classic. I want them. I'm very pretty simple. Um, name brand, sure. Why not? I'm not speaking out like the very best brand. Um, but I would say if I were a shoe or my favorite type of shoe would be uh, just a classic black pump. That's what I am. I'm a okay. black pump. Okay. Well, they say that Sorry, women who <laughs> they say that women who love pumps are boss women. So, ooh, that's hmm. me. Yeah. I'll yeah. That. Yeah. See, there you go. There you go. So, <laughs> for the last segment of the show, we do a section called "A Walk in Her Stilettos," where you share inspiration from your journey. Not that you didn't just give us a wealth of wisdom. Um, where we just ask one or two basic questions. So I am going to ask, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, how old? Mm. Um, You know, there's different phases. Let's say 16. Oh, 16. Okay. I would tell that 16 year old that one day you are going to have a bustling home that's safe and secure that smells like cooked food and is joyous with lots of laughter and music and um, you just keep living because uh, you'll get there and it's going to be a blessing to your life your home life is going to be your security beautiful that's what I would tell her beautiful Okay, so what have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? That could be people, distractions, invitations. What have I gotten better at saying no to? Um, I take less from uh, people. So, like, if someone's <laughs> if someone is really rude to me. Um, I'm going to engage them a little bit. Like before I would <laughs> smile and walk away, these days I may be like, are you, is something wrong with you? Are you having a bad day? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. engage that person. And if they like, if I'm, if it's customer service or something, I am not afraid to be like, um, where's your manager? Or <laughs> I'm about to write an email. Now that rarely happens. Like I think I've done it once or twice, but I would never do that. <laughs> and, it, and, and like when I was younger because I'm so like you know diplomatic and very you know whatever but now I'll just be like excuse me what did you say or <laughs> you want to talk about it or I'm a little like pushy I don't really know where that came from <laughs> <laughs> that's confidence right there that's confidence <laughs> I guess it is or it's just like who do you like I'm just minding my business trying to give you some love and kindness because for the most part I treat wh- whoever you are I'm trying to give you some kind of love or respect or warmth i'm not coming at you with that energy so why are you coming at me with that so i kind of like i want to know and we need to we need to talk about this that's how i feel now (laughs) gotcha gotcha i totally totally understand (laughs) okay so last and final question what is a little known fact about you 
Oh, these are so hard. A little <laughs> I was going to say my makeup artist thing, because I don't really talk about that a whole lot. Not a lot of people know um, that I was with that company for so long. Um, mm-hmm. A little known fact about me. This is hard. Let me think. Let me think. Um, I once said, and my my husband and I both said we would never live in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we, and that's where we live. We have verbally said to each other and with witnesses, we would never. This is not. We never move here. And. We ended up having a child here. The best career experience of my life has been here. We, you know what I mean? So I said, maybe that's a little, I wouldn't tell that to everyone, but I'm, I'm telling it to you. Guys. You said, yeah, well, you so just you shared it with never. the whole world. That's okay. <laughs> well, that's just it. You, yeah. You never know where your blessing is. Your blessing may be in that city where you literally tell people, I don't want that. I don't exactly. want to live there. I do that. Exactly. My partner always says, you know, whenever I say something that he says, I don't want to hear any absolutes. So when I say stuff like always or never, it's like, no, no absolutes because anything is possible. Anything is possible. That's true. I love that. So tell us once again, where they can find you. Yes. Instagram is the best place. Let's just do that. Letitia TV. Um, And say hello. I would love to hear anybody. If you if anything resonated with you, let me know. You heard how much I love hearing from people about whatever I have said or done to impact them. Um, that means a lot to me. So reach out and say hello. Letitia TV on Instagram. I want to thank you, Letitia, for taking the time to join us. I appreciate you sharing your wealth of knowledge and your seven years at Mac and your 10 years in broadcasting. And I am looking forward to continuing to watch your journey evolve on Instagram because I follow you hard. <laughs> Aww, um, um, so until next time, download the Walk in My Stiletto app or subscribe to our newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. 